What up, world? Pass first point guard, Trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked on Blazers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Available wherever you get podcasts and now also on YouTube. If you're listening to YouTube, to my voice, go to YouTube right now and subscribe. Truly appreciate it. If you're watching on YouTube, smash that subscribe button. It's free and available five days a week and free wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Make it your first listen every day. Make Lockdown Blazers part of your daily routine. I would truly appreciate that as well. In today's show, we got big news. Damon Lillard is headed for abdominal surgery. He's going to, this is uh, on January 13th, Thursday, January 13th. He is scheduled to have surgery, likely ending his season. Let's talk about all the sort of ramifications of this inevitable, but also very notable news. Uh, first, this was the uh, sort of news of the coming surgery. It was first reported by Brian Winhurst of ESPN and then later... Um, confirmed by Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports. Those are two reporters and the reports I'll be pulling from here. The Blazers have not made it official yet. Typically with surgeries and stuff like this, they would announce it after it happens. I expect an official press release sometime tomorrow afternoon from the Blazers uh, announcing where and who the surgery is and and not giving a timeline. There's just no way in hell the Blazers will give a timeline. Maybe they will now. Maybe someone listening to this will troll me. Um, but uh, that's just not how they do it. You know, Further updates will be provided when when necessary is what I expect the language to say. So I think we will find the press release. All it's going to tell us probably is what doctor did the surgery in case we're interested about that. So, you know, basically what we know, we're going to know from Chris Haynes and Brian Winhurst. Um, So here's what we know now. And then we'll spend the rest of the show kind of spinning this out and talking about what it all means. First of all, this was the news we all expected to happen. If you're a long time listener to the show, I've kind of been saying like, um, it's when, not if with this, like as soon as he was, Damon Lode was shut down a second time, you knew that eventually this was going to be the move. If he just wasn't healthy enough to play, it was going to be, it was, it was when, not if, and it turns out the when is tomorrow as I'm recording this, I'm recording this on Wednesday evening. Uh, but January 13th, Thursday, January 13th, Damon Lode is going to have surgery. According to Chris Haynes, uh, Dame who's been away from the team for the last couple days, went and saw specialists in St. Louis. He saw no, another specialist in Philadelphia. Um, both of those doctors or both of those specialists recommended that this was the best course of action. I would imagine like that Dame wanted to find a non-surgical option because he wants to play. He's a competitor. Um, I imagine he didn't want to head this route and that the Blazers... There was, you know, some, maybe some convincing from his team and from, um, like, his representation and also the the franchise themselves, the Blazers themselves, to kind of, like, get right. Like, get your body right. Like, this season is not, this season didn't go how we wanted to so go get your body right. So now he's making this decision. Uh, it's going to happen um, Thursday. The timeline that Chris Haynes is reporting is six to eight weeks before he'll be reevaluated. Um I believe the initial reporting said that Damon Lowe would be out six to eight weeks and then the language was changed to reevaluated six to eight weeks. Um, also Chris Haynes reports that Damian Lord potentially could return. And while I'm sure that that is in the cards, right? Like I'm sure that from wherever this information came from, you know, this is big breaking news, like wherever it came from, I'm sure that's what Haynes was told. <laughs> Maybe he didn't make that up whole cloth, right? But, um, I do not see a way that Damian Lord returns to the court this season. I believe wholeheartedly his season is done. I'm sure he wanted to play. He didn't want to do this, but if you make this move, you make this move to have it be season, season ending. Um, I think there's like a, there's some bizarre chance where the Blazers behind Anthony Simons and his little just get, and Norm gets healthy, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and they, uh, 
and they just get hot, right? <laughs> and they just win a bunch of games and they end up like an eighth in the West and then it kind of changes the calculation. But I think this team is going to head in another direction and try to lose intentionally because there's no value in them being a play-in team. More on that a little bit later in the in the episode. But like because of what their record is likely to be and because of the value of sort of having Dame be as healthy as he can possibly be next fall... I can't imagine the Dame returns. If you if it's the the end of that eight eight week uh, timeline, it'll be like the middle of March. Blazers would have, you know, if it's like exactly eight weeks, seventeen games remaining. Um, and if it's not exact, if it's eight weeks and then he needs another week, you're talking now you're at thirteen games remaining. Um, and can the you know is it are you going to bring Dame back and say okay? if we go 12 and one, <laughs> like it's, it's just, it just seems, it just seems like you're getting too far down the road. His season is done. Um, I just think there's, there would be no reason for him to return because you have to, you have to agree that this is a lost season. And now it's okay to admit it. Like you have to, you have to go for the pick. The Blazers, um, they have, because of the Larry Nance swap, the part of a three-team trade, the, the Larry Nance trade where they acquired Nance from um, from the Cleveland Cavaliers and sent Derek Jones Jr. and a draft pick to the Chicago Bulls, that draft pick that they sent to the Bulls is lottery protected through the 2028 season. That means that the Blazers make the playoffs, they keep their pick, and if they or if they make the playoffs, they give their pick to Chicago, and if they miss the playoffs and are a lottery team, they get to keep their pick this year. It is extremely valuable for the hope of this franchise that they miss the playoffs. They need to miss the playoffs. They're not going to bring Dame back because now they need to lose. We've we have shifted from the lowercase t tanking, which is just sort of like the Blazers are bad um, and they're losing games because they're not very good, to capital T tanking. This was always going to be the signal for it: is that when Damon Lord was committed to having this surgical procedure, he was going to be out for an extended period of time. You know, two months. Well, now he's out. Now he's out for two months, and and you just have to you have to miss the playoffs it is it is very 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 important that the Blazers miss the playoffs for the health of the franchise um you know I, I maybe some listeners think that I'm anti-tanking I've, I've got that a lot what I'm anti is six minutes left in a game rooting for your team to lose a game that's like a two-point game that that bugs me a little bit but like the Blazers need to lose. They need to lose a bunch. They need to get the, as high a draft pick as possible. Losses are valuable now. There is real value in losses. Um, you know, I'm I'm not going to stop celebrating wins or whatever, but like they need to they need to lose. This is capital T tanking. You need to lose. And you know, this Eric Garcia Gunderson pointed this out on Twitter, uh, former host of this podcast in front of the show, um, is that this really underscores how durable Dame has been. He just hasn't missed big chunks of time. He hasn't had lost seasons. He's for, for a long time, he played, you know, every single game of his career. And then, you know, a little bit later on, now that we're a decade in, he's missed, he's missed, you know, spots here and there, you know, five games, eight games here and there for the last couple seasons, but he hasn't had this, he hasn't had the catastrophic injury or, or, or this, a chronic injury injury that he can't deal with, which is more of what this is, something he's been dealing on and off with for three and a half, four seasons that now he's finally taking, um, taking care of, or going to attempt to take care of. Um, the, it's not hundred percent sure what the hundred percent clear, what the procedure is. I think once we know like the specifics of, or if we ever get specifics on the medical procedure, I think we can know, we can have a better idea if this is like a sports hernia or if this is like a another core injury or whatever it might be um, to know sort of the prognosis of how other athletes have dealt with it. But I think right now you would assume 
that if it's six to eight week timeline, this is something that a guys can like come back and play from. I, I remember Mike Miller had a had a, a core injury and he came back after about two months and it was kind of late in his career. Um, I don't think this is like a, you would hope that the surgery is, is makes it so Dame only deals with this once and it won't be a lingering thing because he really has been um, Teflon for, for most of his career. Really, really has been a guy who doesn't have um, a, a history of, of injuries. And I think this, this year, this frustration, this sort of lost season is a reminder of how, just how durable and how special Dame has been. He's got a lot of miles on him, um, and he's been really, really, really good. He's been he's been out there and he's been productive, um, and and now he's not going to be out there. Like, and he's not going to be out there intentionally. And quite frankly, this is the right move. This is the right move. Uh, I, I, let's just let's like this is this is better for Dame. It's better for the franchise that they lose. It's 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 just. This is the right move. If they were kind of good and not 16 and 24, 40 games into this thing, like as we hit the halfway point, uh, I think I could make a case for, hey, try to get Dame back. You know, you know, hang on to this. Stay in, stay in the fight. You don't know who else is going to be injured. You can blah, 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 blah. No, this is the right move. This is the right move. Shut him down. Um, sh- shut it down. Let's go home. Like it's... It, Play for play for next year. Play for ping pong balls in the near term, and get this team re- ready for sort of next season to sort of hit hit the ground running. If Dame's going to be on the roster, which sounds like he's he has every intention to be, uh, the Blazers have every intention of keeping him at this point. Like you gotta be as good as you can be with Dame on the roster next fall. So this is the right move. Get healthy. Get right. Lose a bunch. Get the third pick in the draft, draft a star, save the franchise, take the the bridge to the next era of the Blazers, and also win a championship. Yep, simple as that. Easy peasy. Easy peasy. Uh, They do have to hit like seven other things correctly in between now and then, but I'm sure they'll do it. No prob. No prob. See you at the championship parade 2023. Uh, In the second segment, I want to talk about... I want to talk about tanking. What what is this going to look like? I don't think it's super clean for the Blazers. Other teams have a cleaner approach to tanking. I'm not sure the Blazers necessarily have that, and some of it is just kind of um, what this wasn't. It wasn't supposed to be this way. This wasn't this wasn't in the cards, but this is where they landed. So let's talk about this sort of somewhat difficult tank job in the second segment. Before we do that, I want to tell y'all about Prize Picks. It is the Best NBA DFS prop game on the market. Prize Picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as the bench players, only recording a handful of minutes each night. Uh, you got props on anything that you want. Points, assists, rebounds, threes, um, total fantasy points. And it's super simple. You pick between two and five players and an over-under on their statistical projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. It's just you versus the projected number. So you're not playing against the field. You're not playing against uh, experts. You're just Price pick sets a line. You pick over that number or under that number, and you make and you make your selection, and then you can win. Um, earlier this week, I I using uh Prize Picks app on my phone, I picked over on Anthony Simon scoring twenty two and a half points. I picked the over on uh on Bryce Young's passing yards in the College Football Championship game, and I won them both and took got a little bit of money. It was super simple. It took me like 15 seconds maybe. Um it's that easy. It's really, really, really simple. And as my um as my picks show, you can you can combine sports. So if you're not just a total NBA person, you want to do college football, you want to do the NFL, whatever it might be, uh, you can 
You can select your players, make put, make your selections, and you can win. Prize Picks is safe and offers quick withdrawals. I've already got my money from from that win, so uh, it's super easy. You can use their award winning app, or you can go to PrizePicks.com. And either e- any way you do it, go ahead and when you're making your deposit, put in the promo code NBA, and you'll get fifty dollars free on your first Prize Picks entry. Scores a single point. That's right. All you got to do. Deposit the money, use the promo code, and if any one of your entries scores a single point, you'll get 50 bucks deposited in your account. Prize picks, daily fantasy made easy. All right. So we talked about Damon Lord headed for surgery, season likely over, and out at least six to eight weeks, and almost certainly done for the year. Bummer. Like, bummer that we won't see Damian Lillard, but good for the future of the franchise and good for Dame's health. You want him back and healthy. You don't want us. We watched a lot of Dame not be himself this year. Um, there was like a week when he started to look like himself, and then he, and then basically shortly thereafter, he shut it down because he knew he wasn't quite there. I'm ready for Dame to be himself. Let's have him get there. But to get there, the Blazers have to kind of pull off a real-life tank job. Here's the problem. The NBA has made it a little bit harder to pull this off because of the play-in tournaments or the play-in round uh, in which uh, the 7 and 8 seeds play and then whoever loses that game plays the winner of the 9-10 game. Ten teams will play at least one postseason game, um, or it's not even a postseason game the way the NBA does it, one post-regular season game, pre-postseason game, they'll play a play-in game. and the Blazers, for all their warts, are still in 10th place because they have enough talent to be better than these teams. Um, as I said here today, the Kings just beat the Lakers. I kind of waited for the Kings to, to beat the Lakers to, to record this uh, record this episode. The Kings are a game back in 11th. The Spurs are a game and a half back in 12th. The, the Pelicans are all tied with the Spurs a game and a half back. And OKC still hanging around three games back. Um, I don't, other than the Kings, I don't think any of those teams really want to be in the play-in necessarily like i think there's some value in in new orleans doing it but i don't think the spurs care like they're they've been to a lot of playoffs they're they're worried about sort of bigger picture stuff and they um and the way they're approaching games like the spurs you know they they have skewed a little bit younger they're not playing fad young etc etc like um it's uh you know it's their their priorities are not necessarily the play-in the so the blazers like to lose they're gonna have to out tank like out tank teams that i don't think care okc has a like they just don't have very many good players they can pull the plug pretty quickly last year they straight up just held shay gildas alexander out of the last 23 games or 28 games whatever it was uh and you know just and al horford and just like straight up went for the tank right and that was when they were in 11th they are fearless they will they will do it again they're your heroes of of the tanking world um so I think like you need the Kings to pass you in the standings. The Kings are bad though. They're just not a very good basketball team. In fact, the like the shorthanded Blazers beat the Kings wire to wire earlier this week. Sacramento is a bad basketball team. They're never going to do you any favors. You, you just can't trust them. So 
it's it's not that like that part of it is not that simple because it's hard to run and hide behind a bunch of other bad teams the blazers are 16 and 24 they should have done all the running and hiding already but the bottom half of the west is so bad that they like they're still in the play-in mix um despite all of this so i think that's one challenge the other challenge is that um the blazers have to thread this needle where they they need to trade Robert Covington and Yusuf Nurkic. Um, they need to trade Robert Covington probably, period, because they're not going to re-sign him this, um, this offseason. They probably need to trade Nurk because I think the Blazers just need to change things up. They do not need to run back um, with like changes around the edges. I think they need like a real overhaul. So I think you, I think you just have to trade Nurk and you have to trade Rocco. Um, Nurk is good, and they're going to probably be the seems like they're gonna end up with a worse starting center unless they really like i said really thread the needle here um so they might end up missing nurk like i'm i'm i freely admit that uh, but i think they need to trade him just for the sake of change like for the for the necessity of change so they need to trade trade both robert covington and yusuf nurkic and they need to trade those for players who can help them immediately in october but those players can't be too helpful such that the blazers make the playoffs <laughs> or get themselves in the play-in round and something, you know, and get into a single elimination tournament and whoops, you know, make the playoffs. Um, so that's a t- that's a challenge, right? Like you need to get players. Um, one listener suggested uh, that the Blazers trade for uh, Robert Covington or Dario Saric, who's injured and probably not going to play this year. And then you'd have Saric on your team at next season, but you'd have like this stealth tank where you don't play him now. I like that. That's creative. That I like that. Um, and I kind of like Saric as a as a player too. Um, he's not a much of a defender, but he's not a terrible defender, and he's got some real offensive skills. Um, what a, a player I legitimately enjoy. Um, so if maybe you thread the needle like that and you trade for injured guys, but like you need to make those trades. But then even if you do that, you know, CJ is either has had a baby and we don't know about it yet, or is going to announce he had a child in a couple days because um, I can just do the math, biological math. Like he's, he's going to return to action or they have to figure out a way to hold CJ out. Um, can they pay him to go away and like super tank? That seems weird, but certainly is, is, could be a thing that happens, but I kind of doubt it. So what do you do with CJ when he comes back? If you don't trade Norm and you want him to be part of the future, what do you do with those two vets? Um, it's just not that's, that's just like a little bit too much talent. Like you're just a, they're just better than some of the teams that are trying to get behind. It's not a very clean tank. So you could say like play the youth. Well, Amphrey Simons has looked really good. I think play him a just absolute boatload of minutes, like just a boatload of minutes. Um, you know, not maybe not 40 every night because you don't want to you know grind his bones down or whatever, but like give him 36 every single night, 36, 37 every single night. Let Ant, you know, give him the ball and let him go. Um, you know, and even when it's CJ and Norm come back, if, if Ant could be the primary every night as your lead guard, I think that's has way more value for the franchise. Play Nas a ton of minutes. But then after that, it's like the the Blazers have Tony Snell and Cody Zeller and Ben McLemore. Like they have veterans on this team because this team was built to be a veteran team that challenged for the playoffs and was good. Um, since 2016, the Blazers have just two players, two first round picks on the roster. They didn't have a pick in 2017. Caleb Swanigan and Zach Collins are no longer on the team. Uh, they, they have Avery Simons from the 2018 draft. They have 
Nazir Little from the 2019 draft, and then they haven't made selections in the previous two. So, like, it's not like they have a bunch of just, like, young rookies, young draft picks who haven't had the opportunity just waiting around the roster. So then you're going with, you know, two-way guy like Trenton Watford, who I really like, but I have trouble thinking that he's going to, like, pop and be the guy that, um, you know, helps Dame get to the next step or helps the Blazers and Dame get to the next step. Helps the Dame-led Blazers, is what I'm trying to say, get to the next step. Like, it does his timeline to being a really impactful player line up with a Damian Lillard championship window of, like, two years? Years. I don't think so. Could he help? Yes. Do I want to see him play? Yes. But he's not like a he's not like a candidate for like when you're saying clean tank. Oh, we're gonna play all the we're gonna give all these dudes developmental minutes who are definitely gonna be part of the rotation next year. Not sure Watford is that. Not sure CJ Ellaby is that. Not sure Greg Brown is that. In fact, I don't project either Greg Brown or CJ Ellaby as members of of the rotation next year. I think Watford is ahead of both of them in terms of um, impact and ability. Do I want to see Watford or do I want to see Ellaby and Greg Brown play? Yeah, yes, put them in there. Um, but if you're playing them a whole bunch, you're tr- you are having a tough time explaining to Larry Nance Jr. and explaining to Norman Powell and explaining to CJ McCollum that they're just straight up not going to play when healthy. Not a clean tank. Dudes don't want to sit. Dudes don't want to sit and lose. Um, it's it's um, the Blazers might just have to lose by being bad um, and and maybe flatten out the minutes, like give Norm 31 and not 35 and see if those four minutes can like sort of steal them a loss each night. It, like I said, for the, the way the roster is set up, this was a veteran roster supposed to compete for a playoff. The way that they, that they have managed their assets, not trading players, but only trading draft picks to, to make uh, fixes around the margins. They don't have a lot of sort of like young core pieces beyond Ant and Nas who are definitely going to play anyways. They're going to play regardless. Um, and the other teams around them in the standings are also terrible. And the Blazers aren't like going to, the Blazers may, maybe have a little too much talent to be able to sort of snake out of there. So it's not a clean tank, which means that I think they can still get there. I believe in the Blazers losing, right? But to me, the sort of the big test for the coming weeks is not just the losses and stuff. It's what Joe Cronin does to this roster to put them in the right position. And I think this is an opportunity for him, even if he doesn't make the big trade and move CJ McCollum, to put his stamp on this because he absolutely needs to make moves. And he and he promised he would. So in the third segment, let's talk about those promises and whether Joe Cronin can deliver and what delivering might look like. But first, let me tell you about betonline.ag the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Basketball, football, soccer, hockey, favorite Vegas casino games, whatever it is, it's all there on betonline.ag. And if you head on over to their website right now, which you can visit on your mobile device or your desktop, you can put in the promo code LOCKDOWN and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's a 50% welcome bonus when you use the promo code LOCKDOWN at betonline.ag. That's betonline where the game starts. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. Still listen to Locked on Blazers. Damon Lowe is headed for surgery. The tank is a little bit more challenging than their sort of natural be really bad on purpose tank because the Blazers are a little too good and the teams they're trying to get behind are a little too terrible. Um, it's going to be challenging. But one of the biggest challenges for this team is what uh, interim GM Joe Cronin does. When Joe Cronin took the job, he said, this roster needs help and we're going to take risks to fix it. And I think at the time he meant like, we're going to go for it. We're going to try to be a good playoff team. And then the team kind of made the decision for him. They sucked, <laughs> like to, to put a fine point on it. They were bad. And so then Cronin's mission of we're going to trade and go for it became 
okay, we're going to trade for the future with this roster without a ton of like future, a lot of forward looking assets, um, for lack of a better term for, you know, vets, they have veterans, they're a team with a bunch of minimum vets, um, kind of flanking their core expensive also vets. So I, even if Joe Cronin doesn't make the big trade, if he doesn't trade CJ McCollum, end the era of Damian Lord and, and, and CJ McCollum and kind of usher in whatever's next, uh, he still has to trade Robert Covington and Yusuf Nurkic, and he still has to trade them for guys that can help next fall immediately. Like he needs to trade them for things that help the roster, parts that help the roster in October of 2022. Like that's that's a quick turnaround. That's it, it, 10 months to whoever you trade for has to be an upgrade, has to be more helpful then. That's even without trading CJ McCollum. That's without trading Norman Powell. That's that's like, that's without making these sort of like, these are making minor trades. These are, this is a big test for Cronin here. Um, and he's going to be the one to do it. He's going to be the one to guide this. It's not like they're going to hire someone here three weeks, you know, a month out from, from the trade deadline. It's Cronin's deadline. It's Cronin's it's Cronin's show to prove that he can do it. And and I think one of sort of the defining next steps will be an interim GM ushering in a, a new and challenging era. Um, you know, there's a chance that the Blazers hold on to CJ McCollum until the draft, end up with the seventh pick in the draft and try to use CJ plus that draft capital to, to upgrade the roster. There's a chance that they trade CJ around draft time because bigger trades are sometimes easier to do right on draft night and they use their selection. There's, there's a lot of avenues. There's a chance that Joe, that Joe Cronin trades CJ McCollum on Monday morning. Um, but I think the order of operations is going to be the, the smaller deals first is Rocco and Nurk, and then you look to trade CJ. Obviously all those players could be packaged together, yada, yada, yada. Um, but like, um, I, I think I just kind of yada, yada, yada the way the end of CJ McCollum's career. And I want to apologize for that. He just, he deserves more respect than that. What I mean is like the, I was trying to yada, yada away, like all the details of a trade. The, the point is Joe Cronin ha- is going to make a mark with either action, inaction, a big swing, a little swing, whatever it is, we're going to see the first real moves of Joe Cronin's job in the big chair, his chance in the big chair and what that will look like. This is, um, th- for better or for worse, an interim GM is here to, to reshape the future of the franchise. And whether that future is sort of the near-term future, the long-term future, what it might be, Cronin's next month will define so much of how we think about him, whether he gets the permanent job to some extent, um, and what happens next with this franchise. It's the last time the Blazers had an interim GM, Ch- Chad Buchanan traded for the pick that became Damian Lord. It's a pretty good deal for an interim guy. <laughs> so it's not like the tag necessarily means anything. Um, you know, Buck, Chad Buchanan still works in the league. Like it's Cronin, whatever he does next, or if he ends up in the, the getting the permanent job, like, you know, he, he might be totally qualified for it. But in the, in the, in the near term, it's, a, it's a dude with an interim tag making the big trades, making roster shifting trades. And, Threading the needle for finding players that can help, but still being a team that tanks. Like, he's got a real challenge ahead of him. He doesn't really have draft picks to trade. Um, His most, like, prized trade piece is Anthony Simons. And is it, does it make sense for the Blazers to, to trade Simons now? Like, it might. It certainly might, um, but that would be a pretty bold move. Um, and I, 
I mean, I would kind of welcome a bold move, I guess. Although I think Simons is like, I like I said, I've said a bunch, like I project him as a long-term NBA starter. Um, you got to get back a long-term NBA starter in return if you make that deal. So Joe Cronin has a, has this massive challenge ahead of him. I think it'll be fascinating to see what his first moves as the lead guy for the Blazers look like. Um, you know, I, I haven't, I don't know Joe very well. Uh, I've talked to him a handful of times, talked to him recently even uh, at, at a game I was at recently. Incre- incredibly nice fellow, incredibly smart basketball mind. I want to see what an incredibly nice fellow with an incredibly smart basketball mind can do to shape the Blazers. That is a, a fascinating storyline for me um, because this is this is a really, really important trade deadline to get right. Because if you don't get it right, you're just delaying a teardown. You're just, oops, we screwed it up. Now you're, you know, now you have to trade Damon Lillard because this thing doesn't work and you just, you got to tear it down to the studs or you, you know, stay loyal to Dame Dirk and Kobe style and you are, you know, you're bad with a star player. And then it's, you know, that just increases your sort of time wandering in the, in the wilderness uh, before you can come out on the other side. So um, let's, let's see what Cronin does. Blazers play some basketball games coming up this week. Uh, Thursday evening, they're going to play the Denver Nuggets. If you're listening to this when this show comes out on Thursday, tonight they play the Denver Nuggets. Um, Blair Nance Jr., who has been out with a knee injury, um, he is he is uh, not going to play. He's out for Thursday's game, but he will travel. So it means he could come back later in the trip. Uh, Cody Zeller is da- listed as doubtful for that game with a uh, with the same uh, cracked kneecap uh, you know, chipped bone in his kneecap um, that had kept him out for a little bit longer prior to him going on the COVID uh, reserve list. So he's that issue has fl- like flared up again for Zeller, and he's now listed as doubtful. Not great to only have Yusuf Nurkic and Trendon Watford and Robert Covington as your three centers, um, particularly because Cove has to play a ton of minutes at power forward. Um, also, you're starting power forward playing against the MVP and Nikola Jokic. Ugh. Here's the good news. The Blazers are supposed to lose. They're supposed to lose now. Uh, they, they, we're here. We're here. Like, we've made it to tank town. So um, instead of, like, here's how they beat the the uh, Nuggets, it's like, well, they're not equipped to defend this particular Nuggets team, and that might be a good thing. Uh, no Dame, no CJ, no Norm in that one. Uh, Blazers are going to be, you know, pretty shorthanded, and there'll be a chance for Ant and Nas and... Um, at all to to go to go get it some more. I mean, the whole point of the rest of the season is seeing what Ant can do. That that train keeps rolling. Thursday against the Denver Nuggets. We'll have a recap show for you Friday talking about that game and whatever else is next with the Portland Trail Blazers. That's what we do here, Lockdown Blazers, five days a week. The only daily Trail Blazers podcast available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Tell your friends about this show. Tell them they can get it on all those spots. I'd appreciate it. Word of mouth is how help podcasts grow. So do me a favor, help grow the show. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.